Welcome home. I'm John Hernandez, and you have tuned in to the CFA Church Podcast. If you have any questions about CFA Church, feel free to visit us at cfachurch.com. We pray that you would walk away from this moment loving Jesus and changing the world. Enjoy the podcast. Here we go, CFA. Take out your notes. Take out your copy of God's Word. I'm going to jump right into this word this morning. Occupy. 2.0. 2.0. You said we did Occupy. No, we just did the first half of Occupy. I realize we're in, we're nine months in, so it's a little past halftime, but uh, what I feel like this morning is I'm, I've got everybody in the locker room and I'm just giving you the halftime speech. So um, don't worry, you're up. Like, I feel, I feel like we're up. I feel like we had a good first half. I feel like we executed well on offense. We made some good plays on defense. But, but you, can't, you can't play half a football game. Some of your teams may have played half a football game yesterday. You got you to gotta go. One of my teams several years ago, they wore T-shirts under their jerseys that said 60-minute men. Like four, four quarters, right? All, all, six, all 60 minutes. So this is kind of your spiritual halftime speech as we, we got the, our Occupy word, not only for the church that we were going to occupy all the land and all the territory, but we asked God for a word individually. You say, Pastor, I haven't, uh, uh, I've started coming to CFA after January. No problem. We'll catch you up. And, and you can ask God for your word. Just ask him and start reading your copy of his word. Read the Bible and he'll speak to you. He'll give you that, that verse or that phrase that's your, your word for the year that we're believing for. Um, but we got, we've got to, you, you know, God doesn't ever call us to do things halfway, right? He, he calls us, if he speaks that to us, he wants us to go all in and he wants us to get all of that uh, territory that he's spoken to us. And I'm learning this through the book of Deuteronomy, but I'm also, I'm also learning this through, through my house. And so we've been in our house now for a little over a year, June 30th of, of 2017, we closed. And, and what I've found as we began this remodel process is I got all, all of the stuff remodeled for my comfort. Like I've got the room where I watch television is done. And the room where I sleep is done. And the kitchen where Camden cooks us amazing meals, that's done. Like those, those rooms are done, but there are some other areas. Uh, like do you, have that, do you have that one room in your house? How many of you have, have that one closet at your house that you would prefer that other people not go into that? Oh, you don't? Okay. We'll be over at your house this afternoon with video cameras, and you'll be part of my sermon illustration next week. Because here's what I've found, like... Like, the bathrooms that I use are finished, but there's a bathroom that's downstairs, and it might look finished, like it looks like we've got the floors done and the vanity done, but if you were to try to access some... (laughs) And I know what some of you are thinking. Oh, Pastor Doug, that's such an easy fix. That's fine, I'll give you my address. You can come on over to my house this afternoon and do it. I'm more than happy to welcome you into our home. But like, here's what, it's not a priority. 
It's just not because, because I hardly ever use that bathroom and what I've found. In, but here's what, here's what God's been teaching me is a lot of times in our life and apply this spiritually that God doesn't call us to access things and to occupy things to our level of comfort. He calls us to occupy them to a level of completion. And what we do even spiritually sometimes is we begin to step into the promise and get the low hanging fruit. And I got what I need out of this promise, God, but that's not what God called you to. He called you to step all the way in and access it for for other people so like in our home that bathroom not being finished doesn't bother me but when we were out of town and when pastor joey was house sitting for us a couple weeks ago and like that was the bathroom that he was using he's texting me things like pastor doug you're a jerk (laughs) he didn't do that because i signed his paycheck but that's why you get people to work with you to, to house sit but But this is what the Israelites did. Even in their very best days, which was probably under uh, King David and some of King Solomon, even at the height, even at the height, they never, they never fully occupied. They occupied till their level of comfort. And so there were some people groups, which don't represent people groups for us today. They represent sin, things that are living in our land that ought not to be in our land. And, and God says, get all of those things. And so they, they got the easy ones out, but there were some tough ones, that, some, some things that stuck around that they didn't get out. And then what they found out later is that what they left undone became their undoing. And that's the same it is in our lives because there's some, there's some things in your life that after you said yes to Jesus, those were the easy things to get out. Like I didn't have a problem. I just moved past that. But there's some, there's some stubborn sins. Anybody got some stubborn sins? Like that thing, that, that attitude that you want to leave, that thought pattern that you want to leave. There's some, there's some things in your life that have dug their heels in, but the things that you leave undone will eventually become your undoing. It was the very, it was the very people groups that Israel didn't get out of the land. They just waited. They just laid low, and they waited for an opportune time, and then they became the thorn in Israel's side. So how do we do this? How do we occupy fully all of this land? It goes on to say in Deuteronomy 132, yet for all of that, for all that God was calling them to, you did not believe. You did not have faith. So, so, so my assignment from the Lord this morning is to awaken the faith that he has already placed inside of you to occupy, to fully occupy the land that he has for you. How do we do that? Let's go forward. Let's fast forward 1,500 years to the book of Romans. And now Paul's writing, so Israel never, they never did. They just never fully occupied. But I find such great comfort in this verse that 1,500 years later, Paul says, dear brothers and sisters, and he's really writing from the heart of the Lord. He says, dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and the prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. Can I remind somebody this morning 
that maybe you feel like you have blown it time and time and time again in your life. If God's still chasing after Israel after thousands of years, he's still chasing after you after 20 years. Like you haven't done anything. You haven't sinned enough to, to, to cause God to just throw up his hands and say, forget it, I'm done. The longing that, that Jesus would say to you this morning, the longing of his heart the longing of God's heart, the longing of Christ's heart is that he's still chasing after you and he wants this promise for you. And then Paul goes on to say, I know what enthusiasm they have for God, but it is misdirected zeal. Misdirected zeal. We have a phrase in 2018 for that. It's called Facebook. Verse 3 says, for they don't understand God's way of making people right with himself. Refusing to accept God's way, they cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law. For Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. And as a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. For Moses writes that a law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all of its commands. And that's why... This morning, the law is the law, and if you fall short in one area of the law, you've fallen short in every area of the law. So it really, really doesn't make sense for us to judge somebody else's sexual sin or their murder when our thing is greed and gossip and gluttony. Like it's, if you break the law, you break the law. And so the, actually Jesus says, if you break one, you, you break it all. So the good news is, is that we're all lawbreakers this morning. Like we are all some serious lawbreakers. But then, but faith's way, in verse 6, but faith's way of getting right with God says, don't say in your heart who will go up to heaven and bring Christ down to earth. And don't say who will go down to the place of the dead to bring Christ back to life again. In fact, it says the word is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. And that message is the very, listen to this phrase, the very word of faith. The very word of faith. Now, you didn't have to say anything. I'm reading your expressions. Because if you've been in church, if you were in church in the 1980s and early 1990s, you have, you've, you're getting nervous right now. And you're saying, oh, a word of faith, word of faith. Word, wait, wait a second, where's the pastor going with that? Where, is this a word of faith church? Is this a word? Because here's what happened. Is that word of faith... Word of faith came to mean something that the Bible never intended it for it to mean. And I think it's the biggest hijack job of the enemy in the last 50 years of the church. So let me explain this now. Um, so word, word of faith in the 80s came to mean that every Christian was supposed to be rich and that if you had any sickness in your life, you had sin. And so you had, it had to be positive. Now there is, there is truth to this, but watch how the enemy twi twists this. So don't say you're sick. Don't confess you're sick. I'm not, I'm not snick, sick. I, wait, you just sneezed on me five times and have a little bit of snot dangling out of your left nostril, but you're not sick, whatever. Like, well, I'm not going to confess that. No, what, you're lying, but that's, you know. Like, and, and like everything, so I claim, I name it, claim it. That was kind of the, the nickname of this, this theology was like, if I want that car, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name it. But, but watch it, it was a hijacked job. The enemy hijacked a powerful, because faith is a powerful tool from God. And word of faith is a powerful tool from God. So this Tuesday, we're, gonna, we're going to honor 
the 17th anniversary of 9-11. You remember where you were 17 years ago when those planes ran into the Twin Towers? So that was probably the biggest hijack job of our gener generation. And what the enemy did is he took a vehicle that was the purpose of that vehicle was to take you higher and further and faster than you had been in your life previously. And what the enemy did is he took a tool and used it for evil as a weapon against the very people that it was meant to help. And here was the tragedy of 9-11. The tragedy of 9-11 was not only the thousands that lost their lives, but it was the fear afterwards. So perhaps maybe even today, the real tragedy of 9-11 is somebody that won't get on an airplane because of what happened 17 years ago. And they are forfeiting being taken higher, further, faster in their life because something was used as a weapon. And here's what I'm saying to the church. It's time to reclaim our heritage. It's time to reclaim this idea of faith. So are you a word of faith, church? Yeah, we're a word of faith, church. Am I a word of faith, preacher? Yes, I'm a word of faith, preacher, but not in the way that it's been taught before. I want to show you from God's word. Can we just take, can we take back a weapon this morning? Is that all right to take back? And I'm going to walk you biblically through this. So everything that we're going to show you, because here's what it is. You've got faith. You already have faith inside of you to access everything that God has spoken to you. So, so, so let me show you from God's word this morning how to do this. Number one, have a longing to see the lost saved. This was the first hijack job as the enemy said that word of faith was all about you. It was all about a better car and a bigger house. And that's fine if God wants to give you those things. But word of faith doesn't have as much to do with you and with us as it does the lost. That's God's heart. And so here, you want to know how to access promises in your life? Connect your promise to somebody that doesn't know Jesus yet and ask God to help show you how to access something so that it brings somebody else to heaven and you'll begin to see promises come alive in your life like never before. But you got to go beyond your comfort zone. That's why, that's why Davidson, so Davidson, we got a year old baby. You didn't know that, did you? You got a year old kid, just turned a year old today. Davidson, happy birthday to Davidson. They're, they're a year old, but that's why a lot of people at our Davidson campus weren't in the air conditioning watching football yesterday. They were out tailgating. They were passing out free hamburgers and chocolate chip cookies with invitations to church because they're connecting their occupied territory to the territory that God has for other people. That's why in Kannapolis at Village Park, so there was an out, there's, there was 20 churches, about 20 churches in the Cabarrus and Rowan area that came together and did an outreach at Village Park in Kannapolis called Hope Over Heroin. And you're thinking the same thing that I was thinking the first time I heard that name is that, wait a second, you're going to put banners up of an event called Hope Over Heroin and heroin addicts are going to come to this event. And all I'm going to say is, yeah, they did. I mean, I mean, I stood there on Village Green Lawn and heard many of you were involved in that outreach. And I saw people running up to an altar and give their lives to Jesus Christ. 
I saw person after person after person, 22 people in all, not only said yes to Jesus, but were water baptized on the spot, saying, I don't want anything to do with my addiction anymore. I want Jesus. I stood next to a youth pastor that I've known for years with tears in his eyes saying, Pastor, I walked up to one person saying, "What? just making conversation, what brings you here? And they said, I'm addicted to heroin. I need hope. I prayed with another person who was addicted to crystal meth, and they gave their heart and their life to Jesus Christ. Pastor, we just baptized a Muslim. And that's the kind of work that the Holy Spirit is up to in our community. And so we are we a word of faith, church? Yeah, we're a word of faith. We're we're going to get the word and the faith out to the very people who need that word and the people who need faith. It's about the lost. Have a longing to see the lost saved and then, and then to find freedom in the finished work of Christ. So in verse 3, Paul continues... For they don't understand. He's writing, he's writing to the Israelites, but he's not writing to the Israelites before Jesus. Now he's writing to the Israelites after Jesus has already died on the cross, already shed his blood, already been resurrected. And so now Jesus is the way that sins are forgiven and that people access God's love and heaven. And so listen to this. They still don't understand God's way of making people right with himself. Refusing to accept God's way, they cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law. I, I smile a little bit when I hear either, uh, maybe, maybe you don't hear the phrase, but it's the idea of, uh, well, I don't want, I don't want to listen to preaching or I don't have time for the gospel because what they don't understand is that everybody listens to preaching and everybody listens to a gospel. It's just what kind of preaching are you listening to and what kind of gospel do you believe? So you, you heard a thousand messages preached to you this week. Like every commercial was preaching to you and every song that you listened to was preaching to you and every news channel that because everybody's got an agenda, they just do. And so they're trying to, they're trying to preach to you and they're trying to share the gospel. But, and so this morning, it's not a matter of, do you believe a, a, the gospel? It's, it's just which gospel do you believe? Let me show you this. So Paul was saying they believe the wrong gospel. So this is, this is what I would describe as kind of the gospel of society, the gospel of the world. There's kind of four tenets to this, and it's, it's this. It's find yourself, then, right, so like for, if you got to make a difference in the world, you got to know yourself, know thine self, uh, then find a platform, then find fame, then find fortune. And that's the gospel of the world. So if you're famous, you're su successful. And if you uh, know yourself, you're successful. And if you found fortune, then you're successful. And I don't want to harp on this too much, but even just that idea of find yourself, there's this, there's this phrase that people are using, and I get it, some of it is language and they might mean well, but, but the phrase is like, uh, live your best life. Have you heard that? Or be your best self, live your, be, your, be your best self. Here's the problem with that. I've seen my best self, and on my best days, I could describe my best self with words that probably are not Sunday morning friendly words. 
And maybe you would say, well, pastor, I'm a little bit better than that. Yeah, you might be a little bit better than that, but not much. Like our best self is not, is not much. And so what happens is that people have been preached this gospel and at some point, so maybe you're, maybe you're here this morning and you've bought into this gospel. I'm telling you, this gospel will fail you miserably because you'll achieve one of these things and feel more empty than you did before you achieved it. And then you'll say something like this. Well, maybe I, maybe I ought, to, ought to go to church. Maybe I ought to check this thing out. And the, here's the problem is that sometimes we don't do a good job of preaching the real gospel. We still preach the gospel that Paul said you can't. That is not the gospel. It's anti-gospel. The, watch, watch this. When it, comes to, when it comes to salvation, religion is not the first step. It's the, it's the opposite. And, so, and the enemy's lying to some of you and telling you that you can have some of these things in your life spiritually. It's actually, it's actually not a step to the gospel. It's working against the gospel. So this is the gospel of the Pharisees. This is the gospel of religion. And if we subscribe to this gospel, what we're telling Jesus is, Jesus, you didn't have to die on the cross. And it's a slap in the face of Jesus. And it's this. Here's the gospel of religion. You got to do better, climb higher, dig deeper, and work harder. So God's way up here and you're way down there. And your best self is a loser self. And God's way up here. So you got to climb the rung. And this doesn't, help, this doesn't even help you a little bit. It actually makes you feel worse and it takes this and puts it under that. So now we're really in trouble. The world just lied to us and now religion lied to us. We've got to, what Paul was saying is we've got to get back to the true gospel. What is the true gospel? It's simply this, Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus fills, and Jesus calls. So you are actually worse off than you think you are, but the good news is, is that the love of Jesus reaches deeper than you thought it did, and you're more broken than you thought you were, but Jesus' healing power knows no boundaries, and you have a calling and a purpose and world changer in you, but God doesn't just send you out to that on your own power. He fills you with the power of the Holy Spirit, and so we've just come up. Maybe you've seen it in a video or in the hallway. We just want to preach the gospel. So we at CFA not only want to be about loving Jesus and changing the world, but how do we do this? We want everybody to find life, to find freedom, to find family, and to find purpose, and that's the gospel. And I hope that's the message that you hear every single week, that, that maybe you're walking around, but you're not awake. You're going through the motions, but you're not alive, but Jesus came to breathe his breath of life into your lungs so that you can live wide awake and fully alive to the gospel. Find life. Salvation's not about going from being a bad person to a good person. Salvation is about being dead and coming alive in Christ. But then you can be alive in Christ and have all kinds of, so you can walk out of Egypt like the Israelites did and still have all kinds of Egypt in you. You, you remember your barely saved self? Like... Like when after you said yes to Jesus, you still had issues. And so not only do we need to find life, we need to find freedom. As Pastor John talks about when Lazarus came out of that tomb, he was fully alive and he was still wrapped in some nasty grave clothes. So we got to walk through that process of finding freedom. And the Bible talks about that the way that we find freedom is in our 
tribe, finding family, finding people to be around us and, and go groups, CFA groups. I'm so, so, we're so amazed with you group leaders and keep filling your groups and keep finding your tribe and reaching out because this is a part of the gospel. And then you have purpose, you have world changer in you. So all, all of this then leads to number three is to realize that word of faith is already in you. It's already, it's already in you. Again, everything that you have, all of the faith, because I think here's, then here's what the enemy will do. The enemy will say to you, here's this lofty promise and um, you're not spiritual enough to achieve that promise. So you've got to work harder, right? So he'll take you, the enemy would love to take you back into, so you're just working harder and you feel worse about yourself and, and you had a good day, but then you had a couple of bad days. And, but this is what the Bible says, but faith's way of getting right with God. So you're like, man, I, don't, I feel far from God. I feel distant from God. How do I get right with God? Paul's going to tell us. Here's the secret. Faith's way of getting right with God says, don't say in your heart who will go up to heaven, religion, to bring Christ down to earth. And don't say who will go down to the place of the dead, dig deeper, to bring Christ to life back again. In fact, it says the word is very close at hand. Watch this. It's on your lips and in your heart. So the word of faith movement would say that you got to confess something 99 times and like on the hundredth time, maybe you worked up enough emotional frenzy to access this. And God said, God says, it's already in you. Like it's, al it's already in you. you. It's not a matter of attaining this higher level of spirituality. It's about activating the word of faith that is already inside of you. And then finally, we saturate ourselves under the preached word of God. Thank you so much for joining us. Here at CFA Church, it is our deepest hope that you have found the place that you can call home. For more information about this community or to find out how you can connect, simply head over to cfachurch.com where you can plan a visit right from the website. It is our prayer that you will continue to love Jesus and change the world. God bless you.